0: Thank the Lord for it. Ephesians and the first chapter. Good to have one of my dearest friends and lifelong friends, Brother Larry Turberfield. He's pastoring in Morristown now. His wife, Sherry. And uh, we go all the way back to my pastoring days. And Brother Larry, would you stand up and pray for the message tonight? Lord, thank you. Oh, God. (laughs) Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord. Lord God, thank you for loving us. Thank you, Lord. Lord God, open us up tonight. Oh, Lord God. Oh, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, help us. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Oh, God, breathe on us, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, please, Father. Lord Lord, God, Lord, thank you. Thank the Lord, amen. Well, hadn't the Lord been good to us? I bless the Lord. Ephesians chapter one, appreciate Brother Josh Sharp being here. In recent years, become a dear friend, and I appreciate his friendship. And uh, the folks from Brother Lawson's, thank you for being here. Amen. And uh, different ones. And my, my, hadn't the Lord just really smiled on us? Amen. He's been so good to us. I bless the Lord. Good to see Sister Trapman We thank the Lord for our dear sister. And pray that God gives her grace and strength. Amen. In these days. Well, I'm in Ephesians chapter 1. Lord, we are thankful. God touch us tonight in Christ's name. Amen. Thank the Lord. Well, if the Lord will help me, I want to come to chapter one. And I want to jump in the middle of this prayer. The Lord has opened up these two prayers. There's a prayer in Ephesians chapter one, beginning in verse 16. And Paul was praying that they might see some, there are some things that they had to see. And then in chapter 3, verse 14, is the second and last prayer in Ephesians. And he was praying there that they might seize some things. But they needed to seize everything that God had for them. And so these two prayers, the Lord had burdened Paul's heart. They needed to see some things that God wanted them to see. And they needed to seize, get a hold of some things that God had for them. And if you'll go, don't turn now. But in Revelation chapter 2, he's writing the seven letters of the seven churches. The first church is the church at Ephesus. What was it, 20 or 30 years later? And they'd backslid. I'm somewhat against thee, church at Ephesus, because thou has left thy first love. I wonder if Paul saw something coming. He said, that's why I need y'all to see some things. I need y'all to see some things. He saw it coming. He saw it coming. And uh, is that not quite reflective? Let's just go ahead and collectively group all of our churches here in the south. Let's go ahead and just get us all. Isn't that a picture of the south? We got 10 million steeples and very little unction anywhere. We've we've left and quit copping out and saying we lost our first love. Ain't nobody ever fell into sin. They jumped into it. Ain't nobody ever slipped into sin. They stepped into it. It's a choice. They didn't lose their first love implying accident. They left it. They left it. And uh, every single one of us is just as wicked as the other. Go ahead and clear the air right there. They had two things that help you worship. That's tell God and everybody in the church how bad you are and then follow it up with how good he is. Not only will that work in the church, that'll work in your prayer closet. You don't know how to get a prayer, just start out telling God how bad you are. (laughs) In a little while, you'll be talking about how good he is and he'll open the door. So the Lord's got to help us. We better see some things. And we better seize some things. Yes, so the Lord's put me in them prayers, and there's something that has arisen out of this first prayer in my soul, and the Lord, He's going to have to help me, because I don't know how to do this. He'll have to help me tonight. He'll have to help me a little extra. Amen. But if the Lord will help me, I want to preach on the great power of God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Woo! Because i seen it in here. It it floated up out of the text. The Holy Ghost lifted it up out of the text. We've got to have the power of God. Because we got no power. And we got a lot of problems. And we got a lot of enemies. And we got a lot of opposition. And we've got a lot of indwelling corruption. And if the devil don't get you and the world don't get you, uh, your flesh will. Amen. The greatest enemy is the inner me. Old black preacher said, the greatest enemy is the inner me. And I wonder if that's why uh, that these two prayers are all about the inner man. Uh, Brother Sharp, Brother Turberfield, you've been here off and on in the meeting. I don't know, but uh, these two prayers... Uh, I'll have to say it is remarkable what he does not pray about. (laughs) He ain't praying about a phone bill and he ain't praying about the upcoming election. Help me now. Y'all help me now. He ain't praying about a transmission. He ain't praying about you getting a raise. Boy, we, we Americans are carnal even in our prayer closet, aren't we? How selfish are most of our prayers? I mean, I confess that all the time when I'm praying. I I end up praying. It's so much about me and for me. I end up telling the Lord, sorry that I'm praying about me. Pray for others better. How did it help me to get where I need to be that I could pray for others better? How's that for honesty? Uh Okay, so the Lord's got us in these prayers. And it's amazing what he's not praying for. Nah, uh, there's a time and a place in our walk to pray about some of these things. But I wonder what really matters. Uh, amen. The economy could go down and maybe the church attendance will go up. <laughs> we might need to be praying the wrong direction. But, oh, if the Lord will help us. Now, look at this. I'm in Ephesians chapter one. And uh, I, I'm gonna read Let's just get the whole prayer in and see if you see this power. He said in verse 16, cease not to give thanks for you. In chapter one, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, go ahead and underline real quickly chapter six. Go ahead and flip over there and underline chapter six, verse 18. You can get on that whole armor, but then there's something you got to do once you're suited up. Yeah. Praying always with all prayer yeah. and supplication. In, that supplication's a strong plea for mercy. Mm. Praying can be making request, but that supplication is hollering for help. Oh, yeah. Quite a bit more intent. Yeah. In the spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And he said, "Pray for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to uh, make sure my transmission and my tires uh, work for another month." No, what was the apostle praying for? That uh, I uh, pray for me that utterance may be given that I may open my mouth. Because Grandma's sick and and our aunt uh, is about to get fired from her job over there in Kentucky. Y'all pray for her. Y'all ain't helping me. I'm still running that rabbit a little bit. Oh my, listen. He said to make known the mystery of the gospel. Amen. 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 To make known the mystery of the gospel. I don't know, you get to praying about about the gospel getting spread around and the Lord may take care of your tires and your transmission. He might help your granny and your aunt. If you'll get get plugged in with what he cares about, then he might hang out at your house a little more and just fix things while he's there. (laughs) Amen. While you're talking to him about sinners getting saved and the gospel getting preached, he might sit at your house and enjoy that talk amen. and just fix your car while he's, you know, outside for just a minute. All right, help me now. Yeah. Now, amen. Thank the Lord. Ain't he good to us? Whew, glory. Yeah. Glory. Where was I the other day? I was at Brother Turbifield. And Brother Sharp abandoned us and went on a cruise. We're still bitter about that, by the way. Wait <laughs> we'll talk to you about that we're bitter about that But uh, I was over at Brother Turberfields and that, that's a Chevrolet Suburban out there LTZ I ain't never had nothing with a Z on the end of it that, that's got to be good help me now well there's a church in Atlanta, Georgia that has kept me in a car put it in my name and paid for it for 16 years now and just sit and preach the gospel go preach the gospel Y'all ain't helping me. Go preach. And I ain't never prayed about that thing. Never pray about it. Never pray for it. The check engine light's on. That one's at 145,000. I'm afraid to tell him I don't want to trade in my Z. <laughs> they get 150,000 miles. and They just, they trade it in and give me another. And uh, battery's been dying. Died right over there at a the perfect time, perfect place. And brother Turbofield. Got a man with a garage and, and the man put a new battery in it and said, I ain't never charged a preacher in all these decades and I ain't gonna start now. Amen. Amen. Well, guess what? I didn't pray about a battery. I didn't pray about none of that right there. I was over there looking for souls and looking for revival. God fixed the car. Now quit looking at your car and your job and your economy and your grandma and start looking at toward heaven and God may fix all of the aforementioned. Amen. Thank the Lord. Amen. I went to Florida 25, 30 years ago and pulled, helped pull some sinners out of hell and they're sitting right here. And so it turned out like 30 years later, they got a battery. But you go after what? And Sharp didn't help me. He was thinking in the Bahamas, Hawaii, the Papagonian Islands. I don't know where it was. I'm mad at him. I, I can't even get on a John boat and it starts to sink, so I'm mad at him. But... Uh, Oh, yes, sir. We might ought to set our affection on things above, not on things below. Amen. Thank the Lord. All right, now, let's get over here. I want you to see that prayer verse. Ephesians chapter one, and then we're going to try to read some more. Glad you made it, sisters. God bless you. Come on down if you want to and keep these fellas straight. All right, you're fine then. I worry about them when you're not down here. They're a rascally bunch. Chapter 1, and let's keep reading now in verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And we got all that preached the other night. That right there, we got that preached. And we ended up on that third one in verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? That when we got to that third one, we preached a little bit, but we left it right there. Well, the Lord wasn't ready for that, but it's a bubbling in my heart now. Y'all got to help me now. Let's talk about that power, the great power of God. I'm about to run is what I'm about to do. Let's read this. Let's read it and let you soak in it a little bit. And what is, I'm in chapter 1, verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power? That's why I titled it the great power of God. The greatness, exceeding greatness of his power to usward. What about that? He pointed that to us. Who believe? What about that? The only thing he ever asked you to do was trust him. That's the only thing he ever asked you to do is believe him. That'll get you saved and that'll get you blessed. Y'all are just looking at me. Sorry, it ain't no more complex than that, but that's what it is. Go back up and underline verse 12. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ in whom ye also trusted. After that ye heard the word of the truth of God, also after that ye believed. What about that? That's all he asks you to do is trust him. That's all he asks you to do is trust him. That's all he requires of his children is to trust him. And don't you let some Calvinist tell you that faith is a work. They'll get right over there in chapter two and verse eight and nine and try to tell you that it's a work. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. They'll try to tell you right there that faith is the gift of God. Faith ain't the gift of God. The grace is the gift of God. Go on social media if you want to before midnight and tell on me. If I was on there, I'd see it, but I ain't gonna see it, but you do it anyway. Try to Calvinists to try to tell you that faith and repentance are works. Hogwash to play only after God saves you without you having nothing to do with it. Hogwash and buzzard baloney. Amen. Faith ain't a work, repentance ain't a work, and grace is the gift. He commands all men everywhere to repent. I don't appreciate this super spirituality running through the South. When sinners are so spiritual, they know when they're supposed to get saved and when they're not. Well, it's just not my time. You're dead and blind and away from God and without Christ. How do you know what is time for anything? Oh, I'm plowing a little bit right here. I'm plowing a little bit right here. You've been under bad preaching when you ain't saved and you're telling people you're waiting on God to bring conviction. What does a baby in the womb know about drawing power? That baby drops and then God naturally, that drawing power, now anymore, they'll cut you open and pull it out without asking hardly nobody. Y'all ain't helping me. But brother, you'll wait for that baby to drop. It'll be drawn out. Help me now. That baby in the that baby in the womb doesn't whoop out a cell phone. Hey, Doc, it ain't time. (laughs) Baby, they have one. They born with them. That's how they know how to work them by age three. They have one in there already. That baby don't pull it. I'm getting closer to time for me to be born. Y'all ain't helping me. You've been around super spiritual fatalistic unscriptural preaching. When you're not saved and you're telling everybody your time ain't come. Let me tell you when you're supposed to get saved, the moment you know you're lost. You're commanded to repent. Today is the day of salvation, Corinthians. The book of Acts, somewhere around 17 or 20. But now, commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Amen. Repentance is not a work. Faith is not a work. Grace is the gift. If you know somebody don't believe that, call them after the church and tell them I said it. I'll enjoy that. Hallelujah. Just wanted to clear the air right there. Look in chapter one. Mm, where was we at? We were trusting him. Verse 19. Oh, yeah, there we were. That word believe throwed me. Big old rabbit run by. Us who believe. I'm about to run. I ain't done with that believing business. I'm about to pick up this guitar and play a song. I don't even know how. I'm like the little fella. The old boy got a surgery on his hand and he said to the doctor, am I gonna be able to play the piano after this surgery? He said, oh, sure you will. He said, good, I never could play before. <laughs> I was like, I only know three jokes, that's one of them. I ain't done with that word believe yet. What about that? That's what who believes. Yeah, we get too spiritual in our spiritual churches we come up with all this stuff that God didn't and we put a heavy pressure on people that they got to jump through hoops and make, make it around certain curves and come over certain hills honey God just looking for his youngins to look up and say I believe you just fall off backwards he'll catch you help me now jump off on the deep end if you hit the bottom and crack your head he wanted it cracked there's something in there that needed to get out help me now thank God You'll never go wrong trusting him. Woo! (laughs) Hallelujah. So all I ever asked was for us to believe him. That'll get you saved. That'll get you sanctified. That'll get you on down the road. Y'all ain't helping me. Who believe? Who believe? anybody's ever come and trusted him. He's picked you up from that moment, and whether you know it or not, whether you've rested or not, whether you've enjoyed it or not, He's been carrying you ever since. <laughs> he's been toting you ever since. God don't have any older kids. They're all babes. Some of them old men you got over there, 107 years old, some of them over there on the wall. When the Lord looks at them, he's still carrying them like little babies. Yes, sir. Hey. Sister Troutman, he'll still carry you in his arms like a little baby. He's yeah. down to old age, all my people shall prove mm. like lambs on his bosom. Amen. He'll carry you, and some of you get too big for your britches, and you hop out of his arm, thinking you can walk by yourself. That's when he breaks your leg, just so he can keep carrying you. Help me now. Woo. Who believe? Let's try to finish reading the text. Boy, y'all taking a long time to read the Bible tonight. Y'all must have skipped your morning devotions. The Lord's making you catch up. Verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power? If Paul had a better word than great, he'd have used it. But he just had to put exceeding in front of great. Exceeding mean more than. He said this is more than great, but we ain't got no words for it, so I've got to use two words to let you know. Y'all ain't helping me. Of his power to usward. What about that? He pointed it to us. He He directed it to us. Who believe according to the working of his mighty power. You'd think power would be enough of a word, but he said it's mighty power. (laughs) He just keeps putting words in front of words because one word ain't cutting it. Mighty power. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above, I still ain't studied that, but I'm going to. Every time the word above's in Ephesians. I'd like to see what all's underneath us. Far above, all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Hey, y'all, don't get discouraged about this world. There's another one yet to come. Amen. And hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, that filleth all in all. Last night, that's where we got hung up right there in verse 23. Verse 23. And in chapter 2, verse 22, where we were last night. If the Lord would help me now, that was a pretty long reading. But if the Lord would help me, I want to show you right out of the text four things about the great power of God. Number one, number one, look in verse 19. It's power over depravity. Underline this in verse 19. His power to (laughs) usward. Who believe? Well, what's that power headed to us? What's it do for us? Does it give us muscles? Does it give us money? Does it give us miracles? No, I'll tell you I'm about, whoo. i tell you what God did for us. He, he directed that power to pull us out of our sin. Yeah. And then to pull our sin out of us. All right, I'm about to run to downtown, slap three politicians and get back over here real quick. Glory! Power over depravity. Yes. Greatest thing he ever did for you is pull you out of your sin, Amen. and then begin pulling your sin out of you. Yes. Right. He didn't come to the cross to make. Yes. That's why he, came, he didn't come to the cross to make you rich. Right. He didn't come to the cross to make you healthy. Yes. He didn't come to the cross to make you happy. Right. He came to the cross to get the one problem that you had, and that was your sin to pull you out of your sin and to turn around and spend the rest of your life pulling your sin out of you. Amen. Thank God for it. That power was directed to the only real problem we've ever had. And it's what Adam and Eve in the garden allowed, that sin. Underline some verses. I'm not preaching this sermon to y'all as much as I am studying this sermon in front of you. Look look in chapter one, verse four. Let's just quickly underline some verses that talk about how God saved us from our sin. Woo! Chapter one, verse four. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. What does that mean? That just means way back yonder before he got this started, he was ready to do this for us. That we should be what? Rich, happy, healthy, holy. That we should be holy. (laughs) Guess what? He ain't worried about that other stuff. One of these days, you're going to walk on gold. One of these days, you're going to be in a glorified body. One of these days, you'll be in a land where there is no sorrow, no pain, no death. (laughs) But he had to make us holy before he could get us to that land. Amen, and that power pulled us out of sin and then pulled the sin out of us. Oh, my. Okay, uh, chapter 2, verse 1. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Oh, my. Oh, my. You talk about the power of God. He had to give you a spiritual resurrection. He said, What about the Lord going to resurrect our body one day? I know He's going to because He already resurrected my spirit. <laughs> I got proof that He can because He done did. Don't let no Calvinists pull this verse on you, neither. They'll say, Well, a dead man can't do nothing for himself. God chose the elect unconditionally. And he limited the atonement just for them, just for the unconditionally elect so that he could put that irresistible grace on them and allow them to persevere to the end. (laughs) Ain't but one problem with that. I ain't read that verse. Where is that verse? Dead man can't do nothing for himself. Sorry. Sorry. Missed the reference on that. Where's that address? I've read Ruth, I've read Romans. I've read Genesis, I've read Galatians. I've read Ezekiel, I've read Ephesians. Ain't seen it yet. Dead man ain't do nothing. Arms up. I'm sorry, that's a bumper sticker. It ain't a Bible verse. I'm sorry, that's a Calvinist Facebook post. It ain't a Bible verse. Help me now. Did y'all notice that Calvinists and contemporaries have something in common? They have to quote men. They can't quote Bible. All these boys going contemporary, they have to quote men. By the way, they got to quote young men. They can't quote no old men (laughs) because them old men are on an old path. Yeah, Yeah. 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 I'm moonwalking in reverse is what I'm doing because I couldn't do it the other way, so I'm doing it this way. Glory. Thank God. Now say, well, Ephesians two, one proves unconditional election, proves irresistible grace because the dead man can't do nothing for himself. Okay, problem. I have read the Bible. And in Luke 15, there's a dead man My son was dead. He's in the hog pen. He's dead. He's reasoning. He's rehearsing a prayer. He's repenting. He's returning. Ain't nobody went and got him. Said he came to himself. God put a conscience in every man. Said he came to himself. I'm sorry I done read my Bible. It's gonna mess up your bumper sticker. Oh yeah, And Luke 15 ain't the only chapter in Luke. There's a Luke 16. And there's a man dead, a rich man in hell. He's dead every way you can be dead. And he's praying for people to get saved. He's begging God for mercy. Now, we know it's too late for him, but look at what all he's doing. Yeah, that Bible mess up your little cute bumper stickers. I've read the end of Revelation. Dead man can't do nothing. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was open, which is called the book of life. I'll tell you what they done. They stood in judgment before God. They heard their judgment. You tell me a dead man can't be in church and stand in judgment before God. When that book is opened. Honey, a dead man can do all kind of things if you'll read your Bible. Mm. Oh, my. Oh, I'm talking about, look in chapter two, verse two. Somebody stole my Kleenex box, but I'll, oh, there it is. It's right where I put it. Look in chapter two, verse two. It was like 12 inches different than last night, so I lost it. Look in chapter 2, verse 2. Wherein in time past, ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also, is any of y'all looking back at what you used to be? How is it you ain't that no more? There is a power, there is a power, there is a power that pulled you out of a life of sin. Hmm. And we're by nature the children of wrath. But look in verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love. Now we got great love holding hands with great power. Uh-huh. Mm. Look in chapter 5, verse 27. Oh, my. Thank God one of these days that he might present it to himself a glorious church not having what? Not spot or what? Yeah. Wrinkle or any such thing. Wonder what kind of power take a bunch of old wicked sinners out of hell and put them in heaven before God without one spot, without one wrinkle or yeah. any such thing. Yeah. He keeps having to add words to other words because it's just bigger than our vocabulary. Yeah. Woo! But that it should be holy and without blemish. I'm ready to go to the second point. Let's just thank God before we leave and go to the second point that the power of God was directed toward us and it focused on our sin, our plight, our dilemma, that we were sinners. And He pulled us out of sin as sinners. And then he spends the rest of your days as saints pulling sin out of you. What about when it came out in a bad way and you saw it, and we got that one on out of there? Well, it may have came out in a bad way, and you saw it, and we all saw it. Well, that's okay. It's out there. Let's confess it and get it under the blood and move on. I bet it won't come out again. Woo! Uh. Power over depravity. Number two, the great power of God. Number two is in the next verse. Y'all doing all right? Verse 20. Now we're in chapter one, verse 20. Verse 19, we've seen power over depravity. In verse 20, thank God there's power over death, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead (laughs) and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Thank God he done the same thing for me. Chapter two, verse one. You were dead in trespasses and sin, but I've been resurrected. Thank God for it. Thank God for it. Mm, mm, mm. What are we gonna say about this? Power over death. Well, thank God for it. That's the one thing that all, man, all mankind fears. Death. But Hebrews chapter two said that through death, he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Thank God, precious in the sight of the Lord now is the death of his saints. John's gospel said you'll never see death. He said those that are saved, you never come into condemnation and you'll never see death. I personally believe that all of God's youngins, when they they get carried from this world to that world, they don't see death. Death comes after them and God stops them right out of your eyesight. Right there, whoa, you hold up one minute. That one's mine. You let me get him, and then you come on. You harvest that body, but I'm taking him. (laughs) You'll never see death. It was Ezekiel said that death has come up and peered into our windows. (laughs) He may be looking at you, but you'll never see him. When it comes your time to go that's exactly what you'll do you'll not die you'll go y'all just looking at me I read my Bible the rich man died and was buried said but Lazarus he died and he was carried I believe the angels came and got him And then on their way up, Lazarus looking up, and the Lord said, All right, death, come on now. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! If you ever see death, it ain't your time to die. If you ever see death, because he's trying to get to you, and you ain't dying then, right. many of y'all have seen death. But God knew he wasn't going to be able to take you that day, so he let him crawl around all he wanted to. (laughs) When it's actually your time to go, you ain't going to see him. (laughs) He'll take you. God will take you. Thank God that's power over death. That's one thing the world can't offer. What about all these Hollywood? Those of you that go to church over the way, boy, I'm telling you, I love to hear your pastor study. And uh, he'll get you into all kind of wild stuff, too. Man, it's interesting, ain't it? Gives me nightmares sometimes. I had to, to get down and say my prayers and then go to bed. But oh, what about everything they're trying to do to, to find eternal life? Freezing each other's brains. Trying to break the genetic code. Got that 17-mile circle Particle accelerator, trying to smash in particles, recreate the big bang, find the origins of life so that they could overcome death. What's it's amazing what this world's trying to do to get eternal life. Ponce de Leon is that there? down there. Remember me and you went to Defuniac Springs and preached that time? Where'd they put us? In the upper cupboard of the fellowship hall. Remember, they stuck us somewhere. Church wasn't bigger than this set of chairs right here and they had three television screens, cables that you twist your ankle on there and they had four men running the TVs and three of them up here. It was great. We had a good time. But in Defuniac Springs is where Ponce de Leon said he discovered the fountain of youth. Oh my. This world's been trying to figure out how, why do you think Nimrod building that tower up to heaven? I think them Roman Catholics are willing to pay for Pay for, pay for eternal life and get baptized for, for dead saints and pray to dead saints. They're all trying to figure out how to live forever. But they don't want life. They reject the life. They reject the way. They reject the truth. What about that? You can look man in the face and I will tell you how to live forever. He will laugh at you and walk away. That's because men love darkness rather than light. Let me tell you why men are going to go to hell. It's because they love their sin. If you'll ever come to yourself and get sick of that hog slop, you can go home to the Father. Uh, He'll receive you. Thank God he's got power over death. When Jesus died, he saved me in all three worlds his spirit went to heaven, his soul went to hell, and his body went to the grave. Mm. We are body, soul, and spirit created in the image of our Lord. When Jesus died, Father, into thy hands, I commend my spirit, and he gave up the ghost. I believe in directions, not dimensions. Just one of- <laughs> up the ghost. He gave up the ghost. Amen. His spirit went to heaven because that's where yours is going if you get saved. His soul went to hell. That will not leave my soul in hell. And his body went to the grave. That's the only three worlds there are. Don't care what the science fiction UFO movies tell you. That's ain't but three worlds. There's heaven above, hell below, and earth right here. And his body went to the grave because that's where my body's going to go. His spirit went to heaven because that's where mine's going to go. And his soul went to hell because that's where my soul tries to go. The spirit of you is what saved. The soul of you is where you operate in there with your thoughts and your decisions and your words and your wisdom and your temper and your lust and your jealousy and your anger and your murder. You know they still uh, an old man hanging around in you. That would be the soul side. That spirit side would be the saved side. Well, I just want to stop and thank God that when Jesus died, he cleared out all three worlds. I studied behind James Knox from Deland, Florida and listened to Joe Parsons who's gone to glory and the two of them together. Finally, it all came together for me. Old Brother Parsons said when Jesus died, His spirit went to heaven and made a place for you at the right hand of the Father. His spirit went to hell and scooped you off the bottom of it. (laughs) And his body went to the grave and laid there so that when you get there, there'll be somebody, a forerunner, who's gonna come through there. Power over death. Number three. Number three, what do we got here? Power over devils. Go to the next verse. Verse 21. Verse 21. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. What about that? Ephesians chapter 6, we better look at this. And verse 12 we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, high places. I don't understand. This world against spiritual wickedness in high places. I don't understand the world of devils. I don't understand the world of of familiar spirits. I don't understand the world of false spirits. I don't understand that world at that rim. I don't really want to understand it. Uh, I got no interest in it except when your pastor teaches on it. Then I'm interested. Then I can't sleep. But other than that, oh, mercy. Oh, mercy let's just stop and thank God that there's power over devils. It's interesting in some of my recent studies, the Old Testament glory mountaintop. That would be Exodus 24 when Moses went up there and received the Ten Commandments, the glory cloud. Y'all help me now. The Old Covenant was given in that mountaintop meeting and Moses was baptized in that cloud for 40 days. But at the bottom of the mountain, the people done brought devils out and gods out and made a gold calf and was dancing naked and getting drunk. Help me now. Uh, By the way, I'm going to say something. I want to hear an old-fashioned church say amen. Nakedness and, and dancing and rock music and country music is all straight out of hell. And I don't care if it is the prom, why would you let your daughter go half naked and give away something that night to a punk and a reprobate that should be given to her husband on her wedding night? Are y'all an old-fashioned church? Talk to me then. Nakedness and drinking and partying and dancing is out of hell. It was then and it is now. If there ain't a real man living at your house that can help his wife be modest and help his daughter be protected, then pray that God gives you a real man at your house. Now, there ought to be a real man of God in every church that will plow deep right there. And what are y'all doing letting your teenagers make decisions? I missed that verse. Somewhere in training up your children and children obey your parents and then when they're full grown, honor thy father and mother and everything they put in you to will never leave you. Where did I miss the verse in there where they take over and start making decisions? This is an old-fashioned church, ain't it? That's an old-fashioned speaker under an old-fashioned Lord's supper table. I nearly killed it. That came out of the that came out of the stadium. That thing there, that's <laughs> dear, time. <laughs> Is that a old boombox? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's really yeah. Right when did them teenagers start making decisions? I tell you, when kids started making decisions, when kids started being the parents. Y'all got to talk to me. Got a bunch of immature children being a mom and dad. Oh, y'all got to talk to me. This will help your home if somebody will plug into these Bible principles. There's your little Ashlyn down there and she's my little buddy. She's so quiet. It took me a week to figure out who she was. But we make up for lost time now. She's my buddy. And... uh, Thank God for that meek and quiet spirit there one day, but amen. amen. You got a good heritage right here. That's right. Now at what point is this she's gonna be sixteen, seventeen, eighteen? There is no point in there where she comes to you and starts telling you I've made some decisions and I'm gonna do some things that are not right because I'm making my own decisions now. Mm-hmm. Right. I had a neighbor say, Well, she's eighteen. Mm-hmm. I missed that verse. What's supposed to come out of your mouth is well, she's my daughter are y'all all right in here we do not have a youth problem in this nation we've got a parent problem we ain't never had a problem with teenagers that does not stem from problems with parents we started at Christian school didn't we brother Larry Brother Larry was the principal of our Christian school in the 90s. And and he went on out in the ministry and started a church in Maryland, pastoring in Tennessee now, but we started that church. We had about that many problems out of kids, didn't we? You don't know how many problems we had out of sassy mamas and wimpy daddies? (laughs) Y'all ain't helping me. That's too old fashioned for some of them, sister. Sassy women. I was the pastor and he was the principal, Brother Josh. There'd be mornings I'd be like, "Mm, I'm going to study, Brother Lee. (laughs) (laughs) Poor old Brother Lee. (laughs) We'd be drinking coffee. It's what? Oh, here come one of them mama hens. (laughs) I done told you about them swamp women. They carry cast iron skillets in their purse, and some of them it is their purse. And they're like, God bless you, Brother Larry. I gotta go see an old woman in the rest home. And then I'm and then I'm gonna call you. And if it ain't over with yet, I gotta go to the hospital. And I'm gonna visit people I've never met, but I'm sure somebody's sick down there. Call me when it's over. It was a good trade-off. But then when they walked in the church, he was like, praying for you, pastor. (laughs) Huh? That ain't too old-fashioned, is it? Got a bunch of bossy, domineering women that think they're the head of the home and forgot they were the heart of the home. That's why your home has no heart. Has two heads. a home without a heart, then we wonder why all of our kids turn into criminals because there ain't no heart in their life. And they live with a freak of a monster. Anything with two heads is a monstrosity. This kind of teaching and preaching would deliver America and you wouldn't need Dr. P. Hile, and you wouldn't need Oprah Winfrey if we'd get back to the Bible. You're home, young couples, and not young couples. <laughs> Sorry, bro. I mean you look young, sister. But it's, he's had a rough life, or something. <laughs> young couples, if you be the head and you be the heart, that young'un will have leadership in his life. Amen. And that young'un will have love in his life. Amen, preacher. Yeah. And that little boy won't ever have to figure out if he's a boy or a girl. Amen. You know why they can't figure it out if they're a boy or a girl? Because there's two men in their house. Right. Or the one that's a woman is acting manly, and the one that's a man's acting womanly. Amen. Why do you think our youngest don't know what they are? Because yeah. their parents don't know what they are. Yeah. Come on. The daddy wimps out and assumes a submissive role. The mama, watching Rosie O'Donnell, Hillary Clinton, Feinstein, Jane Fonda. Somebody ought to Jane Fonda. They're making a movie out of her life right now. You know that? I say we get all them Vietnam vets in there and let them have about a 10-minute introduction to that movie. Leave me alone. You got youngins watching the mama play the headship and watching the man play a submitted role, and then we wonder why they don't know what they are. And they're full of devils. The glory at the bottom of both mountains. The glory mountain covered with the cloud and Moses and the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17. Moses, Elijah, Simon, Peter is up there and the glory of the Lord. Guess what was at the bottom of both mountains? Devils. It even said in one place that when they came down in that gold calf, another piece of scripture said they sacrificed unto devils. Y'all remember reading that in your Bible reading? They sacrificed unto devils. That gold calf, Brother Sharp, that was an Egyptian god. That was the main god. And most of your representation pictures of Satan, there are more of him as a bull than even the goat head. That gold calf of Egypt was a representation of Lucifer. One, one scripture, we can look it up on our little apps, you know, in, they sacrificed unto devils. My point, the glory mount in both testaments, there were devils at the bottom of both mounds. Brother, we can be that close to the glory cloud and that close to a bunch of devils. Right. Do you know the glory cloud could hover in here? And we also have devils in here. But I'm so glad that there's one that's stronger than the other. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me and Brother did a. he started a Bible camp when he started pastoring. And I'd go up to Maryland every summer. He started it for his kids. It finally turned into a dozen churches. And we had summer camp. Well, one year we got up, and I'll make a long story short. Take me to Waffle House. You would enjoy the whole story. (laughs) We went up on South Mountain in Burkittsville, Maryland, and didn't know it was a national gathering for the Wicca Convention. I had a woman who had been a Russian spy, which is pretty cool. I'd like to do some collusion if I could figure out how. She's in the Navy, could speak Russian. She was an American spy in Russia, pretty high up, but she's in some pretty deep wickedness before she got saved. And she said she was a uh, practicing witch, pretty high up in the ranks of the Church of Satan. And she said once a year, we'd all get the annual invitation to South Mountain, Burkittsville, Maryland. She lived in Florida. She lived in Washington, D.C. We didn't know that because we watch Andy Griffiths and go to revivals. We didn't know. I'm gonna say a word I hate to even say, the Blair Witch came from that mountain. We went up there and set up Bible camp. We didn't know we was on the hill. Oh, you need to go to Waffle House. This is a two-hour story. (sighs) I'm not even going to go into it. But about 14 got saved in one service. And that night, we got attacked. Literally, sticks and stones on the cabins. So, I can't go no further with the story in this sermon but some of his men gathered in and said well yeah pastor that's where the Blair." we said what? why didn't you tell us? well we thought you knew (laughs) No. and somebody said what are we going to do? there's a bunch of devil worshippers on top of the mountain me and him prayed about it in about five minutes said well they've got a real problem up there because there's a bunch of God worshipers at the bottom of the mountain. (laughs) We walked around that place and held our Bibles and said that we sent all the kids off to a ball field about three miles away and the preacher stayed with our Bibles and we walked around that place and said the blood of Christ in the name of Jesus walked it several times and that night there was cats everywhere We hadn't seen a cat all week. They were in the trees, they were in the woods, they were walking under our feet, they were in the cars. We turned out of the service that night, I don't know how many more got saved. We done made the decision that there's God worshipers at the bottom of the hill, and yes, them devil worshipers need to be nervous. (laughs) We done switched, they had the top of the hill, but we was at the bottom. I got out of a truck to start that evening. Me and him was in there. I said, I'm gonna go over here to the restroom. I stepped out of that truck and a black cat said, whoosh, and another black cat within two seconds said, whoosh. Come on. I talked to y'all's pastor about it one time. He said, them devils was putting an X in front of you. I said, really? <laughs> then I said, no, I said, I'm not as brave as Brother Lawson." Oh, listen, the only thing that happened was kids kept getting saved, kept getting saved, kept getting saved. Kept getting saved. Yeah. I got news for y'all. When Michael the archangel wrestled with the disputed about the body of Moses, he just had one thing to say. The Lord rebuked thee. <laughs> and God won that battle. I oh, bless the Lord, He's got power over devils. Amen. Matthew 17, that father brought that son, said, He's casting Himself into the fire and casting Himself into the water. Mm-hmm. By the way, that's the two forms of judgment. Right. The flood cleaned the world one time, the uh, fire is going to clean it a second time. Amen. And the devil was trying to take that boy under deep judgment. And the father said, these other nine disciples, I brought them to them and they couldn't do nothing. But Jesus said, if you only had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you could move mountains. And this kind can come forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. I guess I better mention that while I'm here. If you're gonna do real war, you better bring out real weapons You ain't gonna be able to gossip about your pastor, listen to country music, and skip Sunday school, and win great battles with devils. You're gonna get up on that mountain and do without food and water, and get full of God. It's the only way you can handle devils at the bottom of the mountain. But we got a bunch of carnal outfit that wanna win great battles, and they can't even win. They wanna whip the devil and can't even deal with their own flesh. I want to have revival without having church. (laughs) Power over devils. Let's go to the last one. I love this last one. Mm. I'm done now. I'm just going to show you this one. Well, bless the Lord. I'm in chapter one and verse 21. I love this. Look in verse 22. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the what? The head. Now that's an authority. That's a position. That's a power. we am to stop and say something about power and authority just for a second. I had a friend say we got a little old a little old woman police officer Him, you get over here to this police great old big man and tell him you get over here to this police car he said she didn't have the strength to put him over there but she had the authority (laughs) and y'all when we ain't got strength we do have authority I heard old Dr. Reuben Fields, the old black preacher, said this. He said his mama told him, down in Louisiana, playing on the dirt road, said, go get, he said, told my little sister to come get me out of the road. I was playing out there in the road. It's time to take a bath. He said, my little sister, come out there. Reuben, get out of the road and get in the house. It's time for your bath. He said, I looked at her like I might slap her and just kept playing. He said, in five minutes she came back. Reuben, mama said. <laughs> he said, I hopped straight up dusted my bristles off and got back in the house. <laughs> it wasn't who said it. It was who said said it. That's what Brother Reuben said. <laughs> and y'all, we got a Holy Ghost in us and we got the word of God with us and we're walking under the authority. I ain't got the strength to do nothing but I've got the authority to tell devils and principalities and powers and who said said it. Michael said, the Lord rebuked thee. Whew. And y'all quit worrying about this thing being a tug of war. Jesus and the devil are not on the same level. That ought to be a song, that rhyme. <laughs> Jesus and the devil. Not on the same level. I've got to play. with. I've got to work with it a little bit. Yeah, a little bit more. We need the drums. That'll, that guy can make anything work, you know. They're not. It's not a tug of war that's in question of how it might go. Jesus created the devil. Martin Luther of the Reformation, he wrote a book and he said, the devil is God's devil. When he walked in that garden, it was a trap. When he put him on the cross, it was a trap. When the Antichrist and his cohort get gathered around Jerusalem, it ain't going to be a mastermind scheme. That they It's a trap. Y'all ain't helping me. And God's got an angel out there somewhere that can hold the devil with one hand got a chain in another hand. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to bind him. That's Revelations 19 yeah. or 20 or 21 yeah. or 22. That's the end of Revelation. Yeah. And he said, there came an angel. Yeah. Took a hold of the devil and bound him with a chain. Yeah. Who's that dude? I want to meet that angel. One angel. One. He's such a bad angel. Like, He's the last one out of the locker room. In the revelation, here comes the devil. Whoa, he's been on our side the whole time. Cool. Here he comes. How bad is that chain? What kind of a chain can hold the devil? What kind of an angel can hold a chain that can hold the devil? What kind of an angel can get a hold of the devil with one hand and wrap him up with that chain, with the other, single-handedly handle the devil. Y'all need to quit worrying about how this is going to turn out. Amen. Yes, sir. said so he. Put all things under his feet, made him to be the head over all things to the church. Here's your last D. We got power over depravity. God's power delivers us from depravity, from death, from devils, and God has power over destiny. this thing's gonna end up right where he wanted it. There's a final destination. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Chapter one, verse five. There's your word, destiny. We've been predestinated. Who in the world has so much power they can, they can predestinate something and then take you there? He controls the destiny. Let's read some Bible before y'all go home tonight. Let's read some Bible. You ready? I love these verses. Here's just some verses. How about chapter one, verse five? Having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his word, the praise, the glory of his grace, where he may be accepted and beloved. And in verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness, fullness of times, he might gather together in one, All things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Wow. What a day that will be. That ought to be a song. It's about to write a song. What a day that will be when Christ, everything in heaven and earth. Say, what about hell? It's in the heart of the earth. Oh, my. Let's read this verse. Let's read uh, chapter 1. What did I already say? Chapter 1, verse 10. Go to chapter 3, verse 10. To the intent that now unto to the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God. Look in chapter 3, verse 21. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. What a destiny. He is such a God. He is able to pre destiny, you and me and everything and everybody in every world that is. God has a plan. It's going to happen. And when he's done, you'll see that he had the power over every world that is, over eternity, over hell, heaven, earth, saints. He's done judged the dead at this point he's put sinners where he wants them he's put devils where he wants them he's put saints where he wants them He put the church where he wants it God put his son where he wanted him his son created all things and then he'll conquer all things and then he'll be crowned over all things and there's where he sits and we'll be right there and he said I told you he's going to be here he has the power over destiny and y'all need to quit worrying about the will of God and just start enjoying it he's running your race You're where you're supposed to be. Uh You're what you're supposed to be. I'm not supposed to be the pastor of Cedar Bluff Baptist Church. This little hill is your hill. I ain't supposed to be in Morristown. I wasn't supposed to start that church in Maryland. That was you. That was your destiny. Brother Sharp, you're over at Northside. That's what God's got for you. Mm -hmm. I'm in this pulpit tonight in the churches as an event. That's, That's his destiny. God's feeding all of us. He's keeping our tires and our transmissions just right. Help me now. He walks to the mailbox. He sees your phone bill. He's got it covered. He's wanting you to cut off about half of them cell phones anyway. That's why you have a problem with that bill. You're talking too much. Oh, my. Huh? He knows what's in your body. He's in your heart and he can see your heart. He knows. His blood running through your soul and he knows that blood running through your carteroid veins. He's he's got the power over your destiny. (laughs) He knows what shape your body's in. He knows though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. He knows that for you to live is Christ and to die is gain. He's got power over our destiny. If I pull out here tonight, my destiny. To get me, but God does first. That was my destiny. Don't you worry about any babies that you've lost or any loved ones that you've lost went on to glory. We've got a thousand years we're gonna spend with them. We've got a thousand years He's going to reconsider, recompense, recall, recollect, and reward everything you've ever done for him, ever done in obedience to him. For a th- I ain't living for a 401K. I'm living for the big 1K. Amen. 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 That big 1K is a lot better than your 401K. Amen. Trump's got Wall Street up well until this week. And he'll do something. With it. Who gives a rip? I'm living for the big 1K. Amen. Amen. Power over your destiny. He you said, how do I fit in this? Right where you're supposed to? Chapter four, verse 16, every joint, which every part supplies. And he done told you in chapter one, verse five. Uh, I have pre-arranged your destination. Mm. Yeah. He's locked it in on a heavenly GPS, and his yes. car drives itself. Hey. I was in Kansas last week, and I got me a car rental, a 2018 Nissan Rogue. I felt pretty pretty tough when I said I was going to be in a rogue. And then I seen it was a little old weenie SUV and I didn't feel so tough. But still, I told people, I'm in a rogue. <laughs> Felt three chest hairs pop out just when I said it. I'm in a rogue. <laughs> Went up to a great old big man, nearly slapped him just because I was driving a rogue. <laughs> and I didn't know it. The thing had that safety shield. It's 2018 it'll stop on its own. <laughs> I had it on cruise, and it will accelerate on its own after it stops on its own. <laughs> and out in certain parts of Kansas, the speed limit is 75, which means you can do 95. I mean, means you should do 75. I just accidentally confessed something there. Was in a Dodge Charger when I was in Nebraska and I ain't gonna tell you what happened there. But the law was made for a reason. <laughs> but so was Grace. <laughs> anyway, it's Nebraska. There wasn't nothing out there but corn. I was in that Nissan Rogue. And I punched in my GPS. They said, sir, this 2018 comes with a GPS. I said, that's good, because I'm driving a Rogue. They knew it. They were the ones that gave it to me, but I told them anyway. I'm in a Rogue. Name is Dean Wayne. I got another name brother. Right there. I set the cruise for a certain speed in Kansas. And an 18-wheeler. 50 yards ahead. And this thing stopped. I <laughs> what? I didn't know what was happening. I was having an out of body experience. I thought I was having a heart attack. I, didn't, I really didn't know what. I thought my vertebrae all fell on each other at one time. Whoa! Hey! Hey! What's happening? Things stopped on its own. <laughs> that Lord. I don't even believe in speaking in tongues and I did. <laughs> I did. I said things that you did not need to interpret. <laughs> <I> said, <"Whoa!"> <laughs> 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 and then it accelerated. I said, because yeah, that truck got out so much. <laughs> My three chest hairs all went right back in. Yeah. I, like, pulled a pacifier out of my... (laughs) That thing, I'd set a final destination It knew where it was going. It stopped when there was danger, and it went fast when the way was open. I got news for you. God's running this thing. It's out of our control. He knows when danger's ahead. He'll stop you. He knows when the way's clear, and he'll accelerate you. The thing keeps you between the lines. My wife's been telling me a lot of years what a bad driver I am. I don't have wrecks, but a lot of people around me seem to. <laughs> it's true. I'm this everywhere. Well, I'm studying, I'm reading, I'm brushing my teeth. I'm checking, you know, a verse on the laptop which is open in the middle console. Yeah, Marco Polo, my friends. <laughs> Marco Polo! That's the whole concept. But you know, I live in a vehicle. I gotta take care of business. <laughs> I have a theory earlier really that God wants me to preach and I ain't gonna die. <laughs> People around me, it's up to them to get right with God. That ain't I can't run everybody's personal spiritual life. So this thing keeps you between the lines. It does. It's a safety shield. Yellow line here, white line there. Because I don't even know where the... I ain't never seen slow line. I got the yellow line and the white line. And the... I'm going to use a word. Kids not use it. That stupid thing. Don't say stupid. So. The stupid thing... Beep, 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 beep. what? It's, you're over on the lam- oh. <laughs> what? Yellow light. That thing, breeze, breeze. It's an entire week guys. It turns out I am all over the place. I had no idea how true this was. <laughs> I got in the settings. I tried to change it. Nothing would change. I beat on the panel with my fist. That didn't work. Got tired of the thing. Keeping me between the lines. I couldn't default and change the settings. Cause I didn't like I did not like being told. <laughs> I was just telling you, I did, I did not like being told. You're not in your lane. Get between the lines and stay in your lane. Well y'all are getting good. I don't even have to preach that until you do. We have a Holy Ghost. We have a Holy Bible. We have the local church. We have our men of God and they go boop, 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 beep, 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 beep. beep, 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 beep. beep. Yeah. We got a revival meeting so they go boop, 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 beep, 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 beep. Thursday night sermon and revival. Beep, 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 beep. You're getting out of your lane you're not staying between the lines. You're crossing the lines. You're not supposed to cross. There's a destination set. He's driving. He's going to get you there, but he'd like to get you there alive and everybody around you. He's got the power over the destination. I was trying to go rogue, but it wouldn't let me. Beep, 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 beep. beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Thank God he's running this thing. Amen. 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 God help us to stay in our lane. Keep it between the lines. Obey the law. There's a destination and he's got the power over it. Got good news for all my old saint friends. You will not die until the day He's got appointed for you to come home. You won't die an hour sooner than you're supposed to. You won't die an hour later. Thank God for it. Let's bow our heads. Let's all stand. Come on to the piano, sis. Thank God for the power of God. Let's find us a place to pray. Who'd like to come pray? I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to play mind games with you. How about we just have some prayer if you'd like to. Come on around and let's pray, Lord's people.